are there any kind of uh, restrictions and, and that kind of stuff? And the truth is there is. So um, per tax year, we have different allowances. Um, this tax year, and to be honest, last tax year and the next tax year, we've had um, an allowance of £20,000, which can be deposited. And the key word here is deposited. Hello, welcome to Woke Finance, the podcast discussing all things finance and all things finance related. It's your boy Peter, and I'm with my co-host, my bro, Jax. How are you, man? Yes, Peter, I am very well. Uh, we're in the month of March. Can you oh, believe it? The last month of Q1 2022. Gosh, man, uh, there's a phrase that we tend to use uh, for those of us that love to uh, talk about finance and that kind of stuff. We call March Money March. <laughs> so, yeah, hopefully um, all of us, including my, our listeners, uh, myself, yourself, we will have a very fruitful month of March. <laughs> no, absolutely, Jasmine. Good to hear that you're well. Um, money March indeed. And, you know, this today's topic is going to be linking to, you know, almost as a bit of a reminder for our listeners um, on this podcast um, about why this month is quite important um, or this time of the year is important. But before we get into that, as ever, just a massive welcome and shout out to all of our listeners, wherever you are. We, me and Jack's always love seeing um, new listeners from different parts of the world. And please, if you are listening now, make sure you think about someone else you can share this with and keep the conversation going. And as ever, when you um, think of a question that you would like for us to discuss, just send it through, um, whether it's Instagram, um, on our emails, however you feel, see fit to get through to us, please, please do so. Um, So yeah, massive shout out to all of our listeners. So Jax, it is March um here in the uk it is the end of the fiscal year um and when i say that i mean uh coming towards um the end of march or early april um and that's an important thing and one of the reasons why it's important is linking to the topic of isis which we'll touch on to that but do you want to just maybe touch on why this month is particularly important as well why is it money march yeah so um the month of march is the last full month before we enter early april which is the end of uh, what we call a tax year um so the main implication is when it comes to things like taxes um april the 5th here in the uk is the last day um of the tax year and then the new tax year begins um on april the 6th um which is the following day um obviously if they say if it's a uh, uh, work day, basically. So yeah, it's a very, very, a very important um, time period for most people to be considering, especially investors, those especially investing, not just ISIS, Peter, actually, it's actually throughout the whole uh, financial products and you know, when we're talking about pensions and that kind of stuff, because it is down to the individual, the individual's um, tax implications is very important when it comes to, you know, the end of March and, and the end of the tax year. No, absolutely, man. And yeah, it would be great. We can just do a, another episode just touching on some of those other things as well. Um, but of course, we are focusing on ISIS today. And on episode 26, we done an episode called ISIS in 2021 to 2022 explained. Um, for our listeners, if you haven't listened um, or heard uh, that episode yet, please do um, check that out because it just goes into a bit more detail about ISOs, the different types, um, and some of the things associated with ISOs. But Jack's just a very 
nice and straightforward recap i mean i would encourage people to go and listen to that episode but just for simplicity do you want to give like a quick overview on what isis are what it stands for and yeah what it means for the everyday individual <laughs> yeah so um, the term isa um actually comes from uh, is an abbreviation of um individual savings account um so it is a savings account is a financial product, sometimes also used as an investment account, depending on what type of ISA we're actually speaking about. So, for example, the one that's the most popular that most people will be um, familiar with is the cash ISA. Most people, when they talk about ISAs, they're actually talking about cash ISAs, cash which used to be very popular back in the days um, because the interest that you earn on your cash ISA was usually better than what you would get just having a normal savings account with your bank. But there is other types of ISAs, um, namely the stocks and shares ISA, which is my favorite type of ISA, I believe, where you can use this account to invest. So you deposit money into um, this account and the account or the money in there can be used to invest in financial assets and the gains that you make from those financial assets, whether it's interest, income, capital gains, these things are not taxed. And so that's what makes ISA accounts very, very attractive. Whether it's interest, income, or capital gains, they are not taxed. And there are other other assets as well, like the lifetime answer, which came in, I believe, uh, April 2017. Yeah, I want to say 2017, yeah. Yes, yes, yeah, because I used it. I actually used um, the lifetime ISA um, as a savings vehicle for um, my first home. So it is something I used, and I used the account, and I deposited money. I even invested the money within the lifetime ISA account, which grew the portfolio and when I was ready to buy a house, I used it. Again, the key thing here is anything that's gained from the investments within these ISAs are not taxed as well. And if it's a lifetime ISA, there are additional benefits as well. Mm. Now, um, me on a personal note, I'm always sometimes um, skeptical of sort of <clears throat> government financial products, but I can definitely certainly say the lifetime ISA has certainly been a blessing. <laughs> I absolutely love them. And I'm, I'm the same as you, Peter. You know, normally when I come across government schemes and that kind of stuff and products, I'm very, very cautious and I'm very diligent to look for the fine print to see uh, if I can spot anything that may put me off um, or even, you know, push me forward. And with the lifetime, after everything I came across, it just made so much sense. It is one of my favorite accounts as well. No, brilliant. Um, so essentially, you know, it allows people to uh, generate income or build uh, wealth within this uh, protected account, um, essentially tax-free. Um, do you want to talk a bit about the limit to that? Because I'm assuming, you know, one cannot just sort of save up to £100,000, for example, and that be all tax-free. Yeah. So um, just to, just to um, go back a bit. So the key word when we're talking about ISIS is they are wrappers or wrap accounts which means um there are accounts that you deposit money in and then you do other stuff within those accounts depending on what type of ISA it is now peter asks um are there any kind of uh, restrictions and, and that kind of stuff and the truth is there is so um per tax year we have different allowances um this tax year and to be honest last tax year and the next tax year we've had um, an allowance of twenty thousand pounds which can be deposited, and the keyword here is deposited, which can be deposited into um, an ISA account or a range of ISA accounts. Um, and that money can be used to invest or save, et cetera. The key thing is to know that when I say across different accounts, this is at the top level, which means 
if you, for example, you exhaust the total amount that you can deposit within a lifetime ISA. So again, it's actually important to know that even the specific type of ISA, like lifetime ISAs, have their own restrictions. You could put up to £4,000 into the lifetime ISA, then you've only got £16,000 left that can go into other ISAs as well. So the £20,000 allowance is at the top level, and then that can be split across different ISAs, which may have their own restrictions as well. No, thank you for that, Jax. Um, and you know that 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 allowance, um, I guess twenty thousand pounds, depending on who you are, it can be small, it can be a lot. For those that are thinking that is a, a massive amount, but why is it important that I try and get, you know, where possible where cash is available? Why is it important that I try and get as much of my money into that account um as possible? Great question. Um it comes down to, again, understanding the key benefits of ISA accounts, knowing that the money that goes in there can be used for different things. And the main kind of benefit is the fact that any gains you make are not taxed. Now, the truth is, um, you don't want to be in a position, of course, depending on whether £20,000 seems to be a lot of money for you or not. You don't want to be in a position where you do not exhaust that allowance if you could have. Because if you move into the next tax year, Let's say you've got £40,000 in your account, your, your normal current account, and you want to invest it into um, assets like stocks and shares. You may want to put the whole £40,000 to work. However, you cannot put the whole £40,000 into a stocks and shares asset, for example, in that given tax year. You will only be allowed to do £20,000. And so if you have were able to make up your mind earlier before the end of the tax year, hopefully you listen to this in a timely manner, then you'd be able to put £20,000 before the end of the tax year and then £20,000 at the beginning of the next tax year, for example. Mm. Similarly, if you have a lifetime ISA or there's someone who's saving to buy their first home, if you've got £8,000 in your account today and you don't exhaust the £4,000 allowance this tax year and come April the 6th, you decide, hey, I want to put £8,000 into a lifetime ISA, you can't. You still only be allowed to do the £4,000. And so what you would have wanted to do is put a £4,000 in before the end of the tax year, April the 5th, gain your 25% bonus, for example, in this example, which is £1,000. And then in April the 6th onwards, until the new tax year, you can put another £4,000 and mm. earn another £1,000. Hmm. So the person who's diligent and is aware of this and makes the contribution before the end of the tax year gains £2,000 free money, for example, in a lifetime answer. Whereas a person who does it after can only gain the 25% uh, gain and obviously can't put more than £4,000 anyway. So that's why it's important to really think about making a decision um, before the end of the tax year. So I hope our listeners are listening in a timely manner. Hopefully you're not listening to this too late. It's never too late. I guess, you know, tax years are tax years, but it's good to just be knowledgeable about trying to do things in timely manners. So by the time this episode is released, there'll probably be about, four weeks or just under four weeks um someone listening to this might be saying well first of all i don't even know if i've got a nice sign if i have maybe i've got a couple of thousand pounds what can they do in the next four weeks <laughs> <laughs> well um <laughs> i'm gonna plug in my own side hustle here peter which is Jack's <laughs> Please financial. Go for it, man. yeah on. yeah if, if if you're someone who doesn't really know how to get started and you really need that investment guidance um not financial advice but guidance as to how to even begin opening up an account or depositing, then you can obviously reach out to me personally um, on, at Jack's Financial, where I help the everyday person invest and, and I guide them. 
Um, if you don't want to use the service and you just you know want to do it yourself, then the key thing is to really, really educate yourself. Um, you can do so also by uh, looking at potential providers and platforms, um, having a read as to what a stocks and shares ISA is, what a lifetime ISA is. Um, you may even have a help to buy ISA, which I know most people opened up before the end of its ability to open up. I believe that was April, the, I think that was April 2000, no, I think it was November 2019, mm. where um, now you can't open up a help to buy ISA. However, it could well be that you may ideally want a lifetime master instead. The truth of the matter is you can't actually have a help to buy, well, you can have a help to buy ISA and a lifetime ISA, but you can only use one for your first home. So it may be a key consideration to actually move the money from the help to buy ISA to your lifetime ISA potentially. So before the end of the tax year, that's something mm. you want to consider. But yeah, um, you can always educate yourself. Um, you can also listen to our episode on ISAs and gain as much knowledge as possible. Read up on different platforms. Um, or again, I'll plug in myself. You can reach out to me at Jack's Financial. Love it. Um, we get a lot of listeners outside of the UK. How can this be relevant to um, some of those listeners? Of course, you know, they will have different uh, taxes and stuff, though. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a similar uh, phenomenon. It's something you just have to consider. Um, so if you are someone who's in the US, you may want to really think about the kind of caps and allowances and dates when it comes to your IRAs and your 401ks and that kind of stuff. Um, it's really important to understand this and see how you can benefit from depositing money into these tax-efficient accounts um, as, as soon as you, as you can. But again, it's about actually knowing what the restrictions are is about knowing how much you can deposit and knowing how to even invest or allow a platform to invest on your behalf once you actually deposit that money into that portfolio. But the key thing is to try and do it in a timely manner. Time is very important in this. Mm. Um, and that's something I found, you know, I've been trying, I've been diligent in trying to put as much money as I can in to um, both my ISA and my, and my pension accounts in recent, more recent times. But specifically my ISA, and the reason why I love the stocks and shares ISA here in the UK is because it's the most flexible relative to the other tax efficient accounts. And I'm talking specifically about cash ISAs and stocks and shares ISAs, not the lifetime ISA. Because the stocks and shares ISA and the cash ISA allow you to take the money out whenever you want. Mm. There is no penalties to pay if you want to take the money out. However, we do recall that once you take the money out, if you've deposited £20,000 already, you cannot go and put that money back in mm. in the same tax year. I hope that makes sense. So if you that, put in yeah. £20,000 and you take out £20,000, you can't go and put £20,000 back in. You will have to wait until the new tax year. The key word to remember in this is deposits. You use your allowance as mm. soon as you deposit the money into the ISO accounts. Mm. And and just on that, is it up to is it our responsibility to actually track that for people that just put in and take out and all of that stuff, or is that something that is on records? HMRC have it. Like, w- what is the deal with that? Great question, Pierre. And you know what? Um, yes, it, of course, it is your um, responsibility to check the platform that you're using. If you use one single platform or provider or brokerage they will usually give you um, a heads up as to how much you've used already Mm. in terms of your allowance. Where people need to be careful, and I've noticed this with uh, new clients um, at Jack's Financial, is some people do not know that you can't have multiple, for example, stocks and shares, ISAs within different platforms and contribute to both in the same tax year. 
So they end up doing it. Some people also don't know that there is an allowance. So they go over the allowance. And the truth of the matter is the platform is not going to give you a heads up. So if, for example, here in the UK, we've got a platform, let's say Hargreaves Lansdowne. If you are using Hargreaves Lansdowne and you're also using, let's say, Trading212 and you've got stocks and shares access for both, they're not going to tell you that, hey, we know that you've got a platform with Hargreaves Lansdowne or the other one. Mm. What they, they can only tell you what you've deposited with them. And you may think you'd be able to get, get away with it or you might not know. The truth of the matter is expect a letter from HMRC. No, I'm I'm loving it because I what I did want to ask a question just around you know for those that are thinking okay maybe next few weeks I'm not going to really be able to contribute that much but I am thinking about you know what type of ISs I'm going to have next year what are the key things to watch out for and what I'm hearing is you know ensuring that you don't open more than one different type of ISA and if you sorry. Um, open the same type of ISA so more than one of the same type of ISA and if you do the key thing is that you need to ensure that you do not deposit into both of those you can only deposit into one type of ISA per tax year absolutely Peter that you hit a no on the head so um, again that means you can have you can have multiple types of ISAs in different platforms Mm. for example you can have a lifetime ISR with, let's say, um, Nutmeg and have a stocks and shares ISR with Hargreaves Lansdowne. And that's okay. You know, mm. So you can have it a, because they're different types of ISRs. They are different products. However, you then can't have, let's say, a lifetime ISR with Nutmeg and then a lifetime ISR with Hargreaves Lansdowne. Mm. That's not allowed. Mm. Um, so I hope that that example gives a bit more clarity as to what we're saying in terms of what's allowed and what's not allowed when it comes to how much you can do, well, how you deposit money into these accounts. Absolutely. No, that, that makes perfect sense. And whilst we're using, I guess, um, investment platforms and their names, let's say this tax year in Hargreaves, Lansdowne, I've got stocks and shares ISA, um, there's about, I don't know, £15,000. It goes into the new tax year, but um, and so we're in the new tax year now, so after from 6th of April this year, 2022, and I decide that, I still want to have a stocks and shares ISA, but I don't want to have it with Hargreaves Lansdowne. So I've got £15,000 there. But then now I want to have another stocks and shares ISA in the new tax year with Nutmeg, for example. Can I transfer that £15,000 into um, Nutmeg? And is there a point in doing that? Or should I just leave that £15,000 with Hargreaves Lansdowne and just start from scratch, £0 in Nutmeg? That's a brilliant question. Um, so just to, again, make things more, uh, to clarify some things. Um, so yes, if you have an existing, for example, stocks and shares that sort of a platform, let's say Hargreaves Lansdowne, and you've got 15,000 pounds there, you can at any moment, I believe, actually transfer whatever is in there to a different provider. So we call that a, a, you have to fill out something called a stock um, or ISA transfer form Mm. where you transfer. It's a transfer, not a deposit. Mm. Keywords here. Mm. There's a difference between a deposit and a transfer. Hmm. You are transferring the funds from one platform to another. That is something that should be allowed, but I must state that some platforms do struggle to keep up with the actual operation of this. So even though in theory you can do it, some platforms, you know, don't allow you to do that. And 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 Jack's just on that. So are you saying with that transfer, 
if that if I was to take that fifteen thousand pounds from a previous taxi I'm putting to the new trading platform I'm using, so let's say Nutmeg as an example, and operationally it was successful. Does that fifteen thousand pounds play a part of my allowance for that new taxi for the twenty grand allowance? No, because yeah. it is not a new deposit it's an yeah. old deposit it's something yeah. you deposited in a previous tax year or it could have been even that tax year but you've, you've deposited already and now you're transferring that deposit into a different platform so there's a difference there fantastic no that's really clear and yeah. i definitely do urge our listeners because ice is as interesting as it is people can you know make mistakes and as jack said you know you, you see it quite often so i do encourage people to listen to that episode on ISAs, which i believe is episode 26 um ISAs is um one of a few forms of you know um being tax efficient and we do actually have an episode episode 19 with um someone called Stella who's an ACCA qualified accountant and founder of a company called Accountstar and that was the three letter word we must all come to grips with so it was all about tax as well so definitely do check that out that was really a good episode and Jax we definitely need to do some more episodes around these um areas as well um, as we learn and evolve yeah um and, and, and i want to kind of uh, finish answering your question because you asked a question as to uh, whether someone can start afresh with a new platform as well yes, and uh, the truth of the matter is yes they can mm. so um if they had again going back to our example if they had fifteen thousand pounds with Hercules lands down and come april the 6th they decided they wanted to have a different or, or they wanted to have a stocks and shares ISL with a different provider they can and they can still keep their existing fifteen thousand pounds with Harvey's lens down, but the new account can become the new ISA. They can deposit keywords again. They can deposit new money into that. The key thing is you can only deposit into one stocks and shares ISA per tax year. So if you choose Nutmeg to be your main uh, stocks and shares ISA for that tax year, you can only deposit into that one. That doesn't mean, and this is key again, that doesn't mean you cannot have activity going on in your other one, as long as you're not depositing new money, mm. you can still buy and sell assets as long as there's cash within your old portfolio already. So mm. if you already got 15,000 pounds in Hargus Lansdowne, and let's say 5,000 pounds was left as cash, you can still buy assets in Hargus Lansdowne with that 5,000 because you're not depositing any new money. I hope that makes sense. That does make sense, man. That does make sense. Um, and the key thing, as you keep saying, is the deposits when you're literally putting new cash into um, your accounts. And that's what we need to watch out for. But now, Jax, that's been really useful. So I guess the key thing um, sort of uh, take out right um, from this is we're running up to the end of the tax year. Let's get our ISAs uh, tanked up as much as we can and then get ready for the new uh, tax year as well in terms of making a decision how that you know, allowance split may look across different um, types of ISAs as well. And just watching out for the pitfalls that we've mentioned this. And as I said, we go into much detail in a previous episode as well. But Jax, any final words from you? No, that's been great. That's been great. I think um, <laughs> I love these episodes because I get to give a lot of value, value that sometimes I have to charge for. But mm. at World Finance, we try to give as much value as we possibly can. Um, and what I would say is, look, we try to be as accurate as possible. Um, but remember, we are not financial advisors. And so the key thing is everything that we do say, um, you should really go back and double check um, to check the accuracy. Um, if you do want to make any financial decisions, make sure you 
speak to your tax advisor and your own diligence before you actually make that decision yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you very much for that, Jax. As you know, we give a shout out to where we're getting listeners from. And today we are going to give a massive shout out to listeners in Dublin, which is, of course, the capital of the Republic of Ireland. So a massive shout out to our listeners in Dublin. Big up Dublin. Never been to Ireland before. Um, I don't know what will make me go there, Peter, but at some point, maybe we'll head up to Ireland. Hopefully in the future, we could be having events and that kind of stuff and we can head, up, head over to Ireland and meet our listeners there. Come on, come on, come on. A massive shout out to you, Dan, and to all of our listeners around the world. Keep doing what you're doing, like and subscribing. And actually pause this and actually ask yourselves, have you actually liked and subscribed and commented wherever you've seen our podcast episodes and also downloads our episodes as well? That helps us out a lot as well. So we appreciate you for those that are supporting us. Keep doing your thing. And remember all, stay woke.